Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. So today I wanted to discuss an important topic, something about body language. A lot of people have been asking me about body language and how to read dogs, etc. Now obviously body language is really the only means that we have to be able to understand what our dogs are thinking, feeling in that current moment. And obviously in the scope of today's podcast, obviously we're not going to be sharing any videos or anything about looking at dogs' body language. So I suggest that anyone that does want to know a lot more about dog body language is to look it up. There's many resources out there. But things that, that I really want to talk about today is not just body language, but we have to be aware of dogs' body language as well as the environment that the dog is in. Because a lot of the times we just see the dog like most people will only see their dog react to a stimulus to another dog, for example, without seeing the precursors that are coming before it. And when it comes to desensitizing our dogs and working on a good program of counter conditioning to be able to change and alter the dog's state of mind, we need to know what our dogs are thinking in the moment leading up to the reactivity, to the lunge, the bark, the growl, etc. If we only look at the reaction we're trying to stop, then what could happen is we are only reacting with our dog and that may not be very handy in our desensitization program. So when it comes to reading body language, we'll look at, so I just came from a dog just then. He's like a bull mastiff cross, you know, wolfhound. He's a very big, big, powerful dog. And when you see, like he's friendly with dogs. When he's off the lead with dogs, he's fine. But when he's on the leash, he tends to just flip out. So, you know, when we have a dog on a lead, Compared to being off the lead, there's a significant difference in their behavior. So what we want to be focused on here is, and what I told my clients is, all right, we'll look at your first one. We've talked about situational awareness. Go back and check out that episode as well. So you got to know what's happening around you in the current environment, you and your dog, as well as sussing out your dog's body language. So as I had spades in a downstay, probably about 20 meters away from us, as soon as Bruno notice spades we saw his ears prick up the wrinkles in the top of his um, head curl up so you can see those little lines there you see his tail went to go up these are precursors to the behavior that we that we would normally see so when you're walking with your dog or when you're assessing your dog's body language you need to know what's happening in the environment around them so in this case here in this specific example as soon as Bruno locked eyes onto spades. I saw that his ears pricked up, his, his, um, the, the wrinkles started to appear. I then wanted to redirect his attention back onto me. So I turned around, I got his focus on me and I tried to reward him when he's focused. We're not gonna talk about fully everything about, re, um, about reactivity because that's a, that's a longer podcast and we have talked about that earlier on in, in the series. You can go check that out as well. But you need to be aware of those subtle little tiny changes for us to be able to be effective in, in our dog training. So really be aware 
what is it that you're trying to do when your dog is elicting certain body language before the behavior um, happens? What I mean by that is you need to have a goal and a plan of what it is that you're trying to achieve. So as you're starting to walk down the street and your dog, let's say your dog is reactive to other dogs, you're looking at the changes of body language. So if you're trying to create a calmer dog, you want to be reinforcing calm behavior. Calm behavior would be, for example, with Bruno, is that his ears are flat down, his tail's in a more neutral position. As soon as his tail goes stiff and high, and in, into that, um, and we call that flagging, when it starts going stiff and then it starts to, to move side to side, that's not a happy dog. A happy dog's body language is when his tail is wagging, like in a figure eight style, going side to side. Um, generally, again, when it comes to body language, you can't isolate just the tail, just the forehead, just the ears, just the hackles. You need to look at the whole entire body. We have to look at the environment in which your dog is in, but also you need to know the characteristics of your dog specifically. And on top of that, you want to know the characteristics of the breed that you have, because a lot of reading, reading body language just for a dog differs from breed to breed. If you have a, a husky compared to having Bruno, which is the breed I just mentioned, um, there's going to be a significant difference in body language. Huskies ears are always up. Their hair is always standing up because they're very fluffy. Um, their tail is generally always curled up, not all the time, but it's it's the, there's characteristics of each individual breed. So you need to look into that as well. What is your What breed is your dog? And also you need to know the patterns of your dog's behavior. What does your dog's body language suggest when he's calm, when he's aroused, when he's alert, when he's um, tired? You need to know all of these things so you know what body language is for your dog individually, not just for the dog general. And, um, and that, that, that the skill is to develop is that, of course, if you're a dog trainer, you're getting hands on many dogs, you're getting as much experience as you can all around, so you're able to read body language a lot easier. On the other hand, it's easy to read your dog's body language in particular because it's your dog and you know your dog specifically. So you can tell when your dog's about to react as well. So it's important here that you become a... See, dogs are masters of body language. They know they know what we're thinking and feeling generally before we even start to react as well. Dogs then get to be able to read other dogs' body language because... No, look, a lot of dogs need to learn how to read other dogs' body language. But if a dog's on, the, on a leash and you're walking down the street and that dog's leaning onto the lead barking at your dog, your dog may feel threatened and that's when we start to see the reactivity. So I'm focusing our body language and environment talk on reactivity, but it doesn't have to just be that. It could be if your dog's fearful and a person's starting to approach and your dog's ears go flat, the tail goes down, then he ducks up behind you. So you want to see when you start to see curiosity and he's like, hey, there's something up in the distance that we want to mark and reward. So it's really important that we don't just reward behavior, we're rewarding effort towards behavior. And the best way to know effort towards behavior is in seeing those subtle little changes in body language as well as what's happening around you and what normally triggers your dog compared to what doesn't trigger your dog. If it's a lady walking down the street, maybe no reaction and no fear or no, no I'm lunging. If it's a male in a hat walking down the street, that could be. So you need to know what's happening around you. You need to know what does the environment compared to your dog's behavior or your dog's body language? How do they match together? And what is it that you're actually trying to achieve? Are you trying to create more confidence? Do you want your dog to be able to approach closer and closer to stimulus? Are you trying to teach your dog to be focused more on you when certain stimulus is around? And, and also, 
see, this is what I like to explain. So I'm going to uh, say this to my clients a lot. So let's just say I'm sitting at a bar with a friend and we're having a drink and I start to, and then my friend catches me staring at another man in a undesirable way. So I'm staring with intent and this intent seems like there's a, there's some drama starting to occur. My friend would read my body language and say, Hey bud, how about you finish the rest of your drink and let's get the hell out of here. I may agree with him. So we leave. So because he's read my body language appropriately, he knows the situation of what I'm staring at. He's able to assess both, both variables and we get to go. On the other hand, let's say he's missed me staring at the, at the guy because my friend's now talking to a chick and he's more interested elsewhere. And I get up to start walking towards that guy with intent, shoulders leaning forward. I'm walking with good pace. There looks like there's going to be some dramas. Definitely. My friend now can't come up to me and tell me, Hey buddy, how about you just, how about we just leave? He may have to grab me by the, by the arm and like put a bit of pressure on me to be like, Hey man, you got we, We're leaving now. Don't worry about the rest of that drink. For example, well, let's just say he completely missed all those cues and signs and I'm already on top of that other guy and we're fighting, we're punching on. Someone, usually the security guard, would have to grab me, manhandle me, give me a couple of cheap shots and drag me out because talking to me and even just subtly grabbing me and pulling me away may not be good enough. And that's very much the same when it comes to our dog training. We want to be able to read the behavior as it starts to manifest and then start to redirect and then change our dog's mindset rather than reacting when it's already too late. So you got to know your dog's body language. You got to know what it is that your, your dog is focused on or not focused on. And that, that comes down to you as your handler of your dog is know what's happening around you, understand and equip yourself with a much, as much body language as, um, body language skills as you, um, that you know. So start doing the research and, and looking it up as well as knowing your dog's patterns of behavior as well. Try to, your dog's gonna be more likely to focus on you when the dog's at distance or when the stimulus is coming close and your dog's scared and wants to back up. Um, distance is your friend. Maybe you need to make more movement. If someone's coming close to you and you're kind of cornered, turning around and moving your dog away, rather than forcing your dog to stay in a sit when he wants to lunge or run away. Now, sometimes you have to do that because you're cornered and it's a situation that requires you to just hold your dog tight and get the hell out of there. But if, when it comes to training and changing dog's mindset, we have to be really, we have to be masters of body language ourselves. And if you're dog trainers and you're trying to help other, um, your clients, you've got to read body language of both the client and the dog and the environment and the patterns of behavior from what you've observed with that dog, whether it's been sessions before or just in the moment that, like, for example, Bruno was really, really, really focused on us. A good set of obedience inside the house, as soon as we left outside, his mindset changed. You have to be aware of that before we continue to get closer to dogs. So the homework for them was more training outside of the house. That lead in the collar has to be on because a lot of the time when the lead in the collar goes on, the dog associates that with going for a walk, not just with doing general obedience. And so we have to be, be aware of what is it like when we start to fit our dogs the, the equipment for the walk, what does that mean to the dog? Will the dog then start to become alert and trying to run through the door to get out there to find other dogs to react to? Um, how do we desensitize him? And the only way to desensitize him is by knowing the dog intimately. We can't ask our dogs questions. We can't tell them, hey, how did you feel about that? You know, what do you feel when you see another dog, et cetera, et cetera. The thing is about us doing the, the work in terms of reading our dog. So it's not just the individual dog, but it's the environment. And it's not one or the other, but it's everything.
and that's what can make these sort of situations very tricky. So um, I hope this, if you're in a situation where you start, you, that you need to learn more about body language or you're into understanding more about body language, it's all about what is your dog presenting to the environment because of the environment. You need to know both ends of it. So thanks for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Um, if you want to um, if you want me to answer any of your questions, my name's Panos. If you want me to answer any of your questions, you know, hit us up um, through our DM on Instagram, Life With Your Dog Podcast, even on Facebook as well, same name. And um, that's a good way for us to, um, to stay in touch. Until then, thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys as always. And until next time, keep training your dogs and have fun and enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.